I just haven't figured out a way to motivate someone long-term with competitiveness, with intensity, with pressure, but with service. All right, everyone. Welcome to Reveal. We've got such an awesome conversation to share with you today. I was not present for this interview, but Danny got to chat with Nate Vogel, who is the VP of Go-To-Market Enablement at Gong. Danny, uh, I know that this is someone you have worked with and admire for a long time. What was some of like the main highlights for you from this call? This one, certainly, I mean, they're all favorites. Like, How do you decide which child you love more? Like, There's clearly not a favorite reveal episode that we've done together, but what I'll share with you about Nate's temperament, disposition, tenor as a leader that I so appreciate. One thing he said was, before you give the answer to a question, as leaders, is there a way for you to impart some philosophy, some lesson before you just purely teach your people to fish? And I think that we oftentimes are moving so fast that rarely do we think, I know that old adage, a stitch in time saves nine. I'm going to slow down to speed up. And I think Nate has these incredibly sticky idioms that he used that certainly as the beneficiary of working for him for over five years now, that I've continued to prescribe to my mentees. So I'm really pumped for our listeners to see what he's got in store. I think I want to offer our listeners a little insight um, or sneak peek into the relationship that you have with him, Danny, because I know Nate has been extremely influential to you. And I think our listeners probably don't know the extent to that. And I was lucky enough to kind of witness a behind the scenes look of the relationship between mentee and mentor. And if you could just open up a little to our listeners about what Nate has meant to you, I think that would be pretty special. I thought I was going to sneak by you without having to be totally undressed with vulnerability. So here we are. Um, thanks for giving me the screw screen. So my path to enablement, I used to be a quota carrying sales rep and saw success in sales in the commercial arena and then the enterprise arena and thumbed my nose at enablement. Like those who can't do teach. Oh my God. They're so tone deaf. They just hang out in the ivory tower and they spend all this hard earned money that us sellers have to put on the table, blah, 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 blah. To Nate's credit, he said something in truly like quintessential Vogel diplomacy. He said, I have an amazing team of athletes. He's a big fan of sports analogy. He's a big tennis player, basketball player. But he said, I have an amazing team of athletes. Recognize as a coach, I know where to slot people on the field where they will shine. And I see the type of athlete you are. I need you to trust that I'll put you on the field in a place where you will shine. And that was six years ago. I mean, he is more fatherly to me than any other boss I've had. And what I tell people is that everyone deserves at some point in their career to feel the safety, the love, the advocacy that I've been so lucky to benefit from with Nate Vogel. So I don't know if that's sufficiently, you know, tear jerking for you, Karina. I could keep gushing about him, but I also know that we want to get the listeners what they paid for. More than. Thank you for sharing that with us, Danny. That is super special. Let's get into it. This is Reveal, the revenue intelligence podcast, here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing, stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your full potential, then this show is for you. I'm Danny Wasserman. And I'm Karina Owens, coming to you from the Gong Studios. 
Ladies and gentlemen, as excited as I've ever been to welcome a guest who truly needs no introduction, a man whose reputation precedes him, whether it's for that recognizable, unique signature look of Tom Brown, Gucci, certainly you'd be hard-pressed to miss him on the streets, but also a man who has defied all odds statistically. The bell curve does not apply to how people believe he's truly the most charismatic person they've ever met. Nate Vogel, the vice president of go-to-market enablement at Gong, welcome to Reveal. Honored, and what a nice introduction. I don't think I even wrote that down for you to say, so thank you so much. Well, it comes from the heart. Nate, the first question I want to ask that I'd love for you to share with listeners is that in all the lessons you've accumulated over the years, you've walked in many different shoes of many different people, but you have consistently garnered the admiration and love of people in a way that you have fanatics, you have followers. What is it about your approach that has allowed you to so authentically but effortlessly accumulate that level of fanaticism and followership? Yeah, well, thank you, Danny. It's good good to, to kind of think it through. I mean, I surely go back to my parents, my mom, 40 years of teaching and special education, and my dad uh, was in sales. So it just seems fitting that being in enablement and surely in sales enablement that started from there. Uh, I worked with at a company called Southwestern in college, paid my way through school, uh, still around Southwestern Advantage, where students go out and sell educational books door to door in the summertime. And I did that for six summers. And you learn the many of the skills around hard work and commitment, but also just treating families well and serving whether they buy or not. So I think, you know, early on, I was able to learn that at Southwestern, I actually stayed there 20 plus years. Uh, and then uh, heard about Tableau through Kelly Wright, who was also uh, one of the top salespeople. And I was one of the top leaders at Southwestern. And I followed her career uh, and she was first salesperson at Tableau and then became EVP of Tableau. And I was able to, to come over and help run enablement there and build that out in, in some of the same kind of function of sales enablement and making sure that we build out, you know, world-class enablement to help all the Tableau folks be successful and started with three enablement uh, managers and built that all the way up, you know, post IPO and scale and Salesforce acquisition over about eight, nine years of doing enablement there. And I uh, had the honor of serving 80 or so enablement managers when I moved over to Gong about a year and a half ago. And I uh, heard about Gong because Kelly retired from Tableau, went on the board of Gong and then called me and said, if you're ever interested to build again and bring out, bring some of the same things that you had in Tableau as, as far as, you know, building out teams, then, uh, you know, might be interested. So I was able to, to look into Gong and here I am a year and a half later uh, doing the same thing, helping people be successful and helping with competencies and helping when you help people grow, then I think there's a opportunity for folks to feel appreciative of that skill and, and honored to do it still uh, now 10 plus years in enabling. Nate, when you are as widely known as you are, I have to think that you have your pick of the litter. And whether it's Gong or another organization, Gong's mission, unlocking reality to help people and organizations reach their full potential. What is it about that mission versus some other organization that compels you to want to come here when you could go and drive equally impressive results given your knack and your natural raw talent? Well, I think, you know, being able to pick a company and I go back to Southwestern's mission was building character in young people since 1868. Tableau's mission, helping people see and understand the data. And then Gong's 
mission uh, and you just mentioned it. So it's all around serving. You know, you hear words like helping, building. And for Gong, I was excited because the thing I've been trying to figure out the last 10 years is how do you really measure enablement and measure it at scale? And what an honor to be able to have Tableau to actually understand the data. But with Gong, I think we're taking data and measuring to another level. So for me, I was fascinated on the technology, you know, revenue intelligence, originally conversation intelligence uh, when we first uh, were founded. But now we're taking the Gong revenue intelligence platform to an opportunity to really help organizations understand what's actually happening and providing insights in a business. And for me, being an enablement to be able to measure training to win rates, training to ramp time, it was something that really fascinated me. And that's something that I wanted to come over and help with. Uh, speaking of, of, you know, history here, my son's, I'll go on record. My son's first word was data uh, because I joined Tableau and he's about three or four months old. And uh, I thought, you know, gosh, even my son gets it. Now, my wife will go on the record and say it's daddy, uh, but I will go on the record and say it's data. So I love being data driven and more importantly, taking that data and providing insights with that is, is super important. The apple does not fall far from the tree right. in that respect. There you go. Nate, in your time with Southwestern through Tableau and now at Gong, you've made sales in a variety of different contexts. Southwestern, you're going door to door. So you have to make a sale quickly on someone's doorstep to be brought into their living room. You're brought into their living room. You make another sale selling them books. You then go to Tableau and you're selling data and now you're selling revenue intelligence. And where I'm thinking about in that continuum, there have to be some everlasting, timeless lessons about cultivating your own brand and why I want you to sort of unpack, demystify, codify some of your secrets is we have leaders and sellers and individual contributors who listen to Gong and in particular, listen to Reveal. What are some of the things that you would impress upon them as you're thinking about creating this authentic, but nonetheless memorable and sticky experience that's afforded you tremendous success? And I think, why is this important? Well, if you are universally liked, it opens so many doors to wield influence, not in, you know, manipulative or mercurial ways, but to be able to then spread the gospel of Vogel when people like you is so much easier. So how can you translate some of the things you've learned along the way to folks that aspire to garner that level of influence? Yeah, when I was early in my career and surely some mistakes I made. So, you know, I'm definitely focused probably a little too uh, on competitive, the right thing to say and the wrong thing to say. And if a customer asks you questions, you, you know, want to do the best you possibly can to say it. Uh, and then over time, especially as I got into leadership and surely tried to do the same, to make sure myself or the people that are on the team showcase some of these, you know, key competencies that I think are timeless. So no question, hard work and grit and especially in, in both enablement and selling and leading. A lot of that is some of the fundamentals that don't change, right? Hard work and grit and uh, putting in the time, whether it's the calls, knocking on the doors for all the SDRs and BDRs out there. Thank you for all you do to help uh, in prospecting. But I think those are key. But then some of the things, especially over the last eight to 10 years that I so much respect and surely when even people try to call into me. So a couple, couple of things. So number one, being product led, really making sure you understand your product, understand what it does, what it doesn't do, what problems you're trying to solve with customers. And that way you can go into any selling conversation, any customer success conversation or post-sale conversation 
understanding what the customer's trying to do and can your solution help with that? Many time, and, and again, an early mistake is assuming that your product solves all. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. And so, you know, understanding the main part of um, your product and what it does, I think is super important. The second one is, you know, it is important to understand competitive differentiators. And I think it's really important to be educated. But one of the things we try to promote at Gong, surely at Tableau, is to make sure you lead with your own platform. And it's something I think and respect so much when I get sold to is understanding the competitors and understanding that there's certain opportunities for everyone to be successful. Um, but lead with your own your, is so, so important. And we used to say this to Tableau and I'll say the same to people at Gong, you know, you, you add up all the customers that you have and you add up all the customers that your competitors have. And we used to do this at Ta Tableau and we would still say, how many companies are in the world? There's like, according to Google, I guess it's like, you know, 20 million companies and we've sold or the company and your competitors have sold, you know, 100,000, 150,000. So the opportunity is great. And so I think just those things are super important. And maybe the last thing about competitors, you know, I had the honor of listening to one of Gong's um, customer conference and Magic Johnson, I'm a big sports fan, talked about, you know, competitors make, make you better. And if for anyone that follows basketball, Magic, you know, mentioned how much Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, who are also incredible NBA players, made him better. And I, that's why I love competition. Embrace it. I think if you're in the space and lots of organizations are in the space and that means you're in the right place. But I think, you know, leading with your own platform and also understanding what customers are trying to do, then I think you become so authentic. And if a customer says something and you don't know it, I learned that lesson early on and I don't make the same mistake now. I just say, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a great question and let me get back to you. Consumer appetites are consistently growing towards more authentic connections with brands and thus with those brands, salespeople. It's more important than ever that you're enabling your teams to show up authentically in conversations with prospects. According to an Edelman report, 83% of consumers want compassionate connection from brands. Like Nate mentions, this simply can't happen without your sales teams authentically showing up with passion about your products. Let's get back to the conversation with Nate and hear more. Thinking about other technology companies, not the ones that you've worked for, but certainly others that have achieved monumental success within the technology space. Some are reputed and notorious for achieving those results at the expense of their people. It's widely known that certain organizations were very comfortable making the call. We are going to rule with a culture of fear because it delivers on results and we have a fiduciary responsibility to our shareholders. Nate, it is widely known that that is not representative of your style, that you're the first to tell your team you love them. You're the first to be vulnerable. You've cried in front of your team, and yet you've still achieved tremendous results. So I'm wondering when we talk about the topic of competition and we talk about in the same breath, creating this safe space and this positive space, and I've heard you say, it doesn't cost me anything to positively reinforce or compliment my team. Can those exist? in the same ecosystem or is it really binary and black and white? Well, I think so. I mean, first of all, I think you have to understand your philosophy on leadership and coaching. And I believe great leaders are great readers. So I'm always trying to study and read up uh, on what other leaders have done and try to understand the, the motivation behind it. But I've been doing this for 30 years, uh, both in selling and leading teams along with enablement. I just haven't figured out a way to motivate someone long-term with competitiveness, with intensity, 
with pressure, but with service. I just haven't figured it out. And A players are harder on themselves. And so I think, you know, if you hire A players and you do everything you can to lead by example, and you focus on service and generally catching people doing things right and arousing enthusiasm and understanding that, that, you know, you can surely ask someone, Hey, what's something you want to do better? Or, Hey, on the next time, is there anything you think you can improve upon? And then of course, uh, listen and then provide your own insight. But I just have not found it. I just personally have not found it. It doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. And I get a lot of joy, uh, out of serving and seeing others be successful. And, uh, and I think that's something that is super important, especially in, in the enablement space. There taglines that follow you on LinkedIn. And as I mentioned at the start of this podcast episode, the reputation of Nate Vogel, which precedes him, certain tagline phrases that you've coined. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorites. And when you're giving advice to mentees, to folks on your team, the importance of sequencing a larger philosophy or a lesson before the answer. Love to know a little bit more about that. Well, I think no matter where you work, you want to think through, that's why understanding companies' core philosophies, understanding their operating principles, and then you get your own inspiration about why you do what you do every single day. And we all know that there are certain times when things are going well and certain times things are struggles. But when you can understand that theme or understand the mission much larger than you or your team, then I think there's a lot of inspiration at that. And I had the honor at Southwestern when we sold educational books. Every conversation I had, I would remind the sellers and the people at the company that you do a great thing. Whether someone buys or not, I believe promoting education and talking to families and students every day about the importance of education, no different than today with my son, I think is really important. And so it helped whether you had a great day of selling or bad day of selling, we understood the power of you doing a good thing. When I joined Tableau and I used to say to the team and I stole this tagline, it's okay, by the way, to steal taglines, long live data. And it was much more about Tableau. I truly believe that the world is a better place with data-driven decisions and using data to make decisions, uh, it will make it a better place. And so I didn't want it to be about Tableau, surely didn't want it to be about enablement and what we were doing. And so every time I'd sign off and say, you, you do a good thing and long live data Tableau. And then when I joined Gong, I really believe that no matter what, uh, whether you're a president or a CEO, a frontline manager, an intern, or surely myself, you know, the motto of keep learning, keep serving is something I try to continue to share every single time, whether that's internally or externally. And, you know, Gong does that, you know, and I believe that really understanding, I believe Everyone should look at game tapes. Everyone should understand the business, the insights. Uh, Gong has some great technology where you can see the reps at scale and see what the best ones are doing. You can see why people are onboarding quickly or not. You can see some of the deal boards and insights that Gong technology gives you to help make the organization better. And so, you know, this concept of keep learning, keep serving is something that really inspires me and hopefully it does with others. On the notion of keep learning, keep serving, our listeners are always just frothing at the mouth for personal stories. So if you'd indulge us, Nate, in your journey to learn how to serve as effectively as you've done, what's been a lesson along that continuum where you've learned from either a misstep or a mistake that's helped shape and inform how you show up as a leader today? 
Well, there's a bunch, right? And, and every week I look back and say, I could have done something differently or something better. So, you know, um, just thinking about that. But I, I remember early in my career and even early in enablement, one thing I made a big mistake on is something I try to do differently now is number one, when I get a question asked to me, a lot of times I would just give the answer right away. Instead of trying to teach the philosophy first and then the answer second. So a few examples. So if someone's, you know, asked a question about something, I might say to my team, hey, this is a perfect example of 10 eyes are better on something than four eyes. So before I give the answer here, let's get everyone's opinion first. And after doing that, we would make such a good decision. Uh, sometimes I would, you know, try to answer that question right away and then move on and then no one learn things. And so I like to make sure we pause and reflect a little bit. Um, I might say certain things around, hey, you know, number one, uh, before I give you this answer, what's our core philosophies, right? We're making raving fans here at Gong as, as one of our operating principles. So does this make a raving fan? And we can all agree or not agree before I then give that decision. So I think for leaders out there, um, it's something I, I made a mistake surely early on. And now everything I try to do, I want to make sure that I can teach and be able to think through the philosophy first. And I learned this from my mentors. A lot of times when I would ask advice for mentors, they wouldn't give me the answer, but they would give me their philosophy first and then the answer second. So I've taken that advice from some of my incredible mentors that I've had. And most of my success, besides my wonderful team, I give credit to the mentors that I've had, not only at Southwestern, uh, but also Shirley and Tableau and Gong. Can you speak a little bit more about mentorship as a two-way street? Because I think you sit at this point in your career from a very high perch with hundreds of mentees benefiting from the lessons you've accumulated. How does mentorship work then the other way, where if that's more top-down and you think about where you sit within this sort of pecking order, you also actively seek out mentorship. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, yeah, and maybe I'll steal uh, another mentor's quote, Dan Miller, our former executive vice president at Tableau, who I learned a tremendous amount from. And he used the word, his favorite word is and, and so I've stolen that. I think it's an and. So first, I believe you always should have mentors, both internally at an organization and externally at an organization. So for me, it's surely I'll go back to Tableau. I was in publishing at Southwestern for a long time. I joined a technology business intelligence space. I wanted to find some mentors that could help me well beyond than just my day-to-day -day work. And so I had the huge honor working closely with Raymond Gordon, Francois, who's our chief product officer and still is chief product officer at Tableau, and Lynn Smith, an incredible sales leader. And so I would just pick their brain and just learn from them and try to understand. Um, and as a mentee, ask them certain questions. And I think, especially over those times, that really made a huge difference. And when you get that, inspiration from that mentor and there by the way there's lots of companies that have official mentor programs and i think those are great this was a little more of people that i personally connected with and i asked can they mentor me and i would give fashion tips or some other things that i have but surely didn't have the the knowledge of business intelligence at the time and it was such an ins inspiration to me and something i wanted to do when i was asked then to be a mentor and give that back to them to the mentees um and by the way you know as kelly then retired who was a EVP at Tableau 2 up till, till Dan took over, then Kelly actually became a good mentor of mine outside of Tableau. So it, whether it's in a company or outside of a company, or if you move on, I think these mentors and mentees 
when you find the right people and you invest in the time, it's so inspiring. I mean, I could get, get emotional talking about it, uh, but how much I'm so thankful and the success I've had and, and they deserve a lot of the credit for it. Historically, culturally, we've, we've stigmatized the need to ask for help or the need to ask for coaching or perspective. And that's a bad thing. That's reflective of weakness. And it's only been in the last maybe decade or so where we flipped the script and that humility to say, I need help, or hey, can you coach me on this? Or I'm over my skis, that we now commend that courage to come out and say, I don't think I can do this on my own. In fact, we are so thrilled that you're willing to acknowledge your own limitations and then to lean on someone else's domain expertise. So Nate, I just, I'm so tickled to hear that you take, even in spite of all of your success over the decades you've been in the workforce, you take that humble approach to go lean on other perspectives. So really just warms my heart. Yeah. And thank you. Not only great books and surely mentors, but then whether it's podcasts or webinars or, you know, again, keep learning, keep serving doesn't apply obviously just to gone, but it's to all of us. And I think if you come into that approach, you go into meetings, you go into customer meetings, you go into learning a technology and you have this approach of just wanting to learn. And then if you get stuck or you need help and raise your hand, I think it's very respected and, and definitely a lesson learned. I wish I would have done earlier. Nice. Well, Nate, we ask guests of Reveal the same question at the end of every episode. And I know you're an avid listener, so this shouldn't come as a shock to you. But nonetheless, if you could describe sales in one word, what one word would you choose? Easy one for me, service. No matter what, if you're leading or selling or in an organization, the more you help, the more you serve, uh, the more you'll be successful. Awesome. Nate Vogel, Vice President of Go-To-Market Enablement at Gong. Thank you for sharing very generously, whether it's keep learning, keep serving, 10 eyes are better than four, and any number of other fashion tips from Tom Brown and Tom Ford. Nate, it's been a real treat getting to talk to you. Thanks so much. You bet, an honor. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Reveal. If you want more resources on how revenue intelligence can help you create high-performing sales teams, head on over to gong.io. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.